Welcome to the Smarticle Podcast, where we take a good article and make it gooder. See, morale, I'm just going to say it, is an art expert. She's an art historian, a veteran of museum industries. She's worked at, amongst others, the Akron Art Museum. She's written a few books, my favorite, Self-Care for Museum Workers. Sure. And she currently hosts the Art Less Podcast with photographer and educator Sophia Chalk. Seema, welcome to the Smarticle Podcast. Thanks for having me. So Seema, let's start with the hardest question first. Art is so subjective. I think my favorite art is my third grader's watercolor. However, Pablo Picasso is maybe the most famous artist and his art is worth millions of dollars. I don't even know what the question is, mm -hmm. but art is just so doggone subjective. Yeah, that's right. It's true. I think like, there you go. You got the answer. I think that one of the things that is very challenging is the way we think of the word art. We think of it as something that is or is not. Is this art? Because that's how we're taught in education. But art actually in the real sense of the word would be closer to the word design. It's a visual communication tool. And so your third grader is communicating something like my third grader, who's now getting ready for college, but made a picture of my dad. She communicated my dad. A photograph could have done it. I've taken pictures of my dad, but this was communicating something else. This was communicating how she sees my dad. And I think that when you think of art as a communication tool, then you see that the value of it is based on the communication, not on what it looks like. And I, I think the challenge we have is that we have two different categories we put art into. One is beauty, which is actually only a sliver of what art should be. And so because we each have very distinct and different looks at what is beauty, we get really frustrated because that's not beautiful. It can't be art. Or the other big thing that we put our brains, the other construct is value and money. And so you said Picasso. Picasso is very expensive. And my third grader is more important to me than Picasso. And so your individual value and a cultural value is different. And so you have, there's all these sort of complicated things. But in the end, you're right. It is just as important to you because it's your individual meaning versus Picasso, which is important to many people. And I think that's where it's like apples and oranges is basically what we're talking about. I want to say, you know, as a former history teacher, I, that is the greatest answer. You just, I mean, that is the perfect way to sum that up. I discovered you on TikTok, not because I'm a TikToker, but because <laughs> the algorithm sent you to me and said, I was actually, I follow this guy, Dan McClellan because I just yeah. find him fascinating. And you responded to yeah. one of his things and it was pure genius. And I was like, wow, who is this person that talks about it? And you have this really cool style where you kind of point up at things. I'm always like, and at the piece, where did you develop that style? So I have to say, I was talking to a friend of mine who works in museums and she was like, oh, you're just like doing your museum stuff. So in museum work, one of the things that we often do is uh, there's you know, museum, museums teach, museums are one of the largest educational resources our nation has. More people go to museums than sporting events. So if you've ever taught to museum educators, they have taught thousands of people. I mean, I have literally th taught 
thousands and thousands of people um, day in, day out. You know, we would do something like 10 classes a day. And so in museums, you teach uh, usually in two or three different ways. You teach online, which is how come I do TikTok. So we did distance learning and I would do green screen day in, day out. Um, but also in the galleries. And one of the things that's very challenging about museums is that um, all museums, but art museums particularly, do not allow you to use all your senses, right? You cannot touch things. And mm -hmm. so museum educators get, a ver get very good at pointing at things because what we're doing is we're sort of like symbolically touching it, right? Like, here is this thing you're looking at. Mm -hmm. But basically, I think most of my TikTok strategies and even the way I communicate is very much how you talk in a gallery. Yeah, it's I used to take classes to the Asian Art Museum, and I remember doing so many of the dozens. Place. Yeah, it's fantastic. The question, I, I guess part two of that is, I've probably watched about 100. You've got about 10,000 TikTok videos. I don't even know how many they <laughs> I are. A lot. I do like two a day. Yeah, it's amazing. And um, the question I have, though, is that when I first started watching, it was like all art. It was like, oh, did Renaissance people stink? Did, you know, this uh, really interesting, like, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. You also have a little bit of a, I don't want to say political, but a social commentary edge. Oh, yeah, it. for sure. And I'm, I'm wondering, I guess the question is, do you ever worry that you cross cross those over or that your people are going to get bummed out? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't think about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they do get bummed out. Uh, I know they do because they tell me. Um, so what happened was, I would say that that I think what happened was, so I, I worked for museums for very many years and did all, like I was a Vine person for museums. Mm -hmm. I did a teen Instagram, like, you know, all kinds of things. And when you're in um, museum work, it's first of all, there's very few jobs, right? So mm -hmm. you have to be very careful, but you also have to, you know, like you're standing up for a hundred, these institutions are a hundred years old, right? And so you have to be very careful and you stay very much on brand. And so when I came over to TikTok, I would definitely say I stayed very much on brand, but then, you know, like, because I don't, um, in my professional life, when I was doing social media management, you'd basically have a content calendar and you think about like all the, blah, 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 blah. and when I do this, I, I literally don't think about it. I just post it. I like, you do just it. Put it in there. I just put it in there. It's like, if I see something, if I see a video or if I like think, oh, I can talk about that. I just do it. But on some level, I'm not going to be able to find, like sometimes, I mean, Usually, like, I'll have an art history thing, but sometimes I don't. So sometimes I just put something else that came into my head. But then other times I do feel moved. I think one of the things that art historians have that I think is very different than um, sociologists and historians, who are the two fields, I would say, that are kind of... I know that anthropology seems like it should be closer to art history, but I don't know that art historians always see it similarly. But we mm -hmm. definitely draw on sociology and history most. I think what we have is an ability to step outside of that and frame it differently because we're framing it through visuals and also through material culture. You know, I think people think of art historians, again, about beauty, but really we're materialists. We're about the things people make and what that means. And that's a, that's a huge thing. And so I, I definitely think that that's where I come from. But then, I mean, then I, I, I have definitely gone down some crazy roads. Like I last year, one of the most challenging, I've had like different where people go nuts. Anytime you say the word gender, you just like people just lose right. their minds. I got like put on like four chop people were like, it was nuts for one that I just said the word gender. But uh, a couple last year, so I've only been doing this for 18 months since May of 2022. But I did a video about, which I really honestly thought wasn't going to be anything, but it was an art history video about something that I, it's just like a fact I love, which that 
in Japan, there's all these great prints of uh, foreigners by Japanese artists for Japanese audiences because Japan until 1868, from 1615 to 1868, was just closed, right? So people are officially closed. And um, so they make all these prints. And one of the things they really loved is prints of Dutch people with their dogs. <laughs> and I just, really? And like, so, so, yeah, it's such like a random thing, right? It's because like, because like, you know, like they were like, they because the, the Dutch would lead their dogs on leashes, which Japanese people had dogs, they had pet dogs, um, but they just didn't lead them on leashes. And so they found it fascinating. It was so cute. They were like, look at those cute Dutch people with their dogs. And so I did a video about that. And my videos are never over three minutes. So it was like, you know, a minute and a half. And the number of comments I got with Asian hate between like the, you know, the Chinese people lead their dogs. And I was like, well, these are Japanese Oh, you mean dogs. like negative? Like negative. Oh my God, negative, hundreds of negative and just as many chances they could do to insult me for being Asian, insult Asians for being Asian. And so it was just crazy. What? And um, yeah, it was nuts. It was nuts. And it was just for like days. And, and I would say that that is where I started getting like way more political because I realized like the thing about it is art history is doesn't have to be silent, right? The idea of knowledge and media literacy. And I think what I've gone to is, and I think what I really like enjoy doing is visual literacy and media literacy because they're beyond art history. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just, it was sort of astonishing. And I, and I think like so often as a, as a former educator or maybe current educator too, but like, you know, that one of the things, the only reason I do this is because I want people to think better. Yeah. I just like, that's all I want. I don't even care if you know the thing I just told you in the video. I just want you to think better, be better at thinking. Yeah. What's interesting because we started this podcast, Larry sort of, he's has a better way of putting it, but in a sense to just get people to think about things a little bit differently. That's to right. To just say, you know what we, we've said, we're just two 50 year old white dudes who are just trying to get people to understand that there are points on both sides and that that's you right. don't have to freak out if you don't necessarily always agree with somebody. So in the last, right. my last question for you is just simply this: mm -hmm. you have this incredibly successful TikTok channel. Oh, thank you. You have like eight trillion followers. <laughs> what, is, what is your sort of short-term and long-term goal for? I don't even want to say tick the channel, but what your your brand? I, I hate to use that term because it sounds a little crass, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. Uh, so Sophie, my podcast co-presenter, is uh, much more better at future thinking than me. Um, but one of the things I would say for this year, so I can at least say this, and I actually put up the video today, is that we would like to create um, more of a community of media literacy. Again, you know, we we sort of talk, talk about how. There's lots of people who do lots of things. And there are people who, as I'm, you know, in, in museum work, there's uh, two kinds of content creators. There's the generalists and the specialists. And so curate, the curatorial staff is usually specialists, though sometimes not always, but they will do like an exhibition about some very arcane thing. A museum educator, which is what I was, um, and then I was in interpretation and then digital, all three of those fields are generalists. And what we're very good at is bringing lots of different things together. And um, Sophia is a fine art photographer, also does that because she has to draw all these things out of people to create portraits. Her work is largely portraits. And so we, in this year, our goal is to find ways to bring people together, to increase media literacy, visual literacy, and also for creative people to feel like they can be creative despite the economy, the world mm. we're in. And so we, you know, I started today um, on my channel, just like an idea for the next 75 days read something you wouldn't read. 
like I'm going to, you know, like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't usually read foreign policy. I'm going to read an article in there. You know, just read a thing that you wouldn't know. And as I think is very much in keeping with what you just mentioned. Part of the problem we have about knowledge is that we've been also, I think, as a culture, become sort of acclimated to only knowing knowledge that we know. Like, even if, you know, like, like people who follow me already like art. There's nobody who's following me who hates art. Right. <laughs> right? Like, like, I just want to follow here. us because I hate art so much. <laughs> I hate this girl. I hate this art. <laughs> well, I'm but sure like, you'll get those as you grow. So, you know. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure I'm getting more hate followers. But, like, you know, I think that, and I, I have started thinking about how do I follow people who are, um, give me one sec, my family just arrived. Oh, no worries. <laughs> my daughter's like, okay, so, so you can cut that. But um, no, but I've been thinking about how like so much of who I follow, who I listen to are people who replicate what I know. Yeah. And so I think for me that this challenge for myself, it's really for myself, but for my followers too. And I think, and then in some ways that's sort of the future of our goal for our Lust podcast, that we just continue to grow our community. So it's not just us talking into some void. Yeah. And I, I love that because that's exact. I mean, I, I don't know what we're going to do to help you, but we, that is right down that's this awesome. idea of media literacy, the idea of getting people, we, Larry coined the tagline, we just take a good article and make it gooder. We just take articles <laughs> from people around the country and just try to go down the center of the road to say, yeah. hey, there's there's different ways to look at this. So you are the uh, you are the creator of the Art Lust uh, Art Lust, which is such a salacious title. Art I Lust know, you TikTok know it, channel. Could I just tell you that I did not think that I've had it since I was in graduate school, and I literally thought it meant somebody who likes art. And my then boyfriend now husband was like, "What is your channel? What is your?" It was my Twitter <laughs> handle. He was like, "What?" Do you know what people think this means? And I was like, that I like art? And he was like, no. Yeah, no. I, that's <laughs> exactly what I saw. And I was like, oh, that's uh, interesting. And you also do uh, a podcast called the Art Art Lust Podcast, which is amazing. I highly recommend people. They will be in the links of the show. Uh, I highly recommend you listen to them. Larry, do you want to take us home? All right, Seema. So let's take this interview full circle and talk about my third grade yes. art student again. How can I make his watercolor worth a million dollars? You know what? I would say that you should focus on the value that is innumerable about your children's art and think of it as worth much more than a million in your heart. Amen to that. Well, Seema, thank you so much for coming on with us today. It is, it, I am really, truly encouraged that you have a podcast and a TikTok channel out there. It makes my oh, soul feel you. good. Good luck in the future. I'm sure we'll thank be in touch, much. but uh, thanks yeah. for coming on today. Thank you. Thanks for having me.